Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. This is your host for today, Father Peter Teresa. I have usurped the throne. I have dethroned Father Anthony and I get to host the podcast today, but we are joined by our our no longer host, but my still esteemed colleague, Father Anthony Tinker. Well, it is strange not to be doing that introduction, <laughs> I will admit. And I don't know, but I'm still in the same seat. So it's kind of this also, it's, I feel like we need to switch seats mm, to- uh... You're right. Maybe I didn't <laughs> usurp the throne. You're right. <laughs> Well, if you are listening, it's good to have you back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the podcast. Just would humbly ask that you would please like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with your pets. Share it with anyone who will listen. So uh, Pets watch TV. Pets watch TV. Pets listen to the radio. Yeah, We're Franciscans. We'll yeah. preach to the birds. Um, so, yeah, welcome back. And we have a special episode today. But before we get into that, Father... How was your Easter? Wow, what a great question. My Easter was spectacular. I love Easter. We brought mm. in almost 40 people. Praise you know, so God. we didn't bring, I mean, that's, we baptized yes. almost 40 people. It was during, there, I mean, you, that is a part of bringing them into the church, but the, there's, I was talking to another pastor and I was like, yeah, we got like 35 to 40. He's like, oh yeah, we got 40 zoo. I'm like, wow, like I thought we had a lot. And he, but like 25 of his were already baptized. Yeah. And they were depression of faith, yeah. which is still a really, really cool. That was no, I meant, yeah. Catholic. Praise I'm not God. P- pushing down on that. No. It's just like, oh, wow. Like it's a lot to when you're thinking about between our missions, our yeah. small little missions, yeah. that are the, the nine active ones, we baptized almost 40 people. Praise so God. That was awesome. A huge joy. Everything really well, really good. And then we had really good experiences. We got confirmations coming up. But I loved the liturgies. Yeah. Loved just getting into, we talked about it before, but the Holy Thursday and this is the night, just thinking about the priesthood. Good Friday and the singing of the approaches, venerating the cross. Mm, yes. The Easter vigil, uh, baptizing and confirming. What an honor as a priest. That's not a, not a something yeah. we have the ordinary. Right. Uh, yeah, you get to confirm people. To do. Yeah. We get to do those confirmations. And then, of course, Easter Sunday, just filled with joy, yeah. filled yeah. with alleluias and expression. That's so my right. Easter was wonderful. How about yours, Father? It was great. It was great. I had the special privilege of, you said we baptized around 40 over 40. I got to do 18 of those uh, between Easter vigil night, Saturday night, and then Easter morning, uh, baptized two little babies Easter morning. So it was 16 baptisms in the vigil, which was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. I wasn't even counting babies. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. So we have- Yeah, I baptized Ooh, two babies that okay. point. <laughs> Definitely over 40 then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that was that was an amazing experience as a, as a, as a priest, as a young priest, to get to do that uh, at our missions. And, and just to see those families- and salvation entering into the homes that day. I was really blessed and got to spend some good time with, with our good sisters. If you've been following us recently, uh, you know, Sister Martha who spoke at our fire queue and got to spend Easter evening and Easter morning with them. And that was that was a blessing as well. And yeah, I love those liturgies. Uh, they always just speak so so deeply and so profoundly. So it was a very good Easter. It was in some respects a little more laid back. Uh, 
but in other respects, it was not laid back because there was, you know, 18 baptisms. Yeah. So, but I guess I just like, normally like Saturday is a really, like you just focus on liturgy. Yeah. You just get up, you pray, yeah. you kind of, you look over liturgy, you get some extra prayer time, et cetera. Uh, this year was a little, what a blessing. I didn't want to say this. One of my, my greatest blessings was I got called to um, the deathbed of somebody. That's right. Who had not been baptized. On the morning, uh, on Easter Saturday, mm-hmm. and was had the privilege of going, bringing them, in, them into the church yeah. uh, right there before they passed. So that was a huge blessing as well, getting yes. ready for the Easter vigil. Yeah. Like that was very kind of going through those sacraments in preparation for some, you know, being able to do that that night. So that was also yes. just something I want to highlight as a really beautiful moment. Amen. Amen. That is, no, that's, those are, those are just some of the, the gifts and the joys of the priesthood. Uh, we're just so thankful for. But, let us get on with the show. So the reason I'm hosting this episode is because we're going to talk about The Chosen. We did a season one recap. So if you're interested in listening to that, you can just dig to the archives and find that one. And we're going to talk about uh, seasons two and seasons three. We're not going to talk about seasons two and season three. I don't think anything, I'm not ready for season two. Oh, okay. I watched season two. I'll tell you this. Okay, we can start with season two. Season two is a waste of your time. <laughs> there it is. Our one second synopsis. There, okay, you want to talk about season two? <laughs> no, no. no I'm, I, so let me just say the reason I'm hosting because I have I haven't seen either season two or three. And Father, you have. So I'm going to be getting your opinions. <laughs> and we just got your opinion on Yeah, we can start two. with season two. That's a good question. It's been a while. I was not ready. I was not prepared for season okay. two questions. But I, I, I don't well, think Well, when I'm on the host, I'm going to throw some tough yeah, questions well, at you. And this is, this is mo- uh, most likely a two-part episode. So beware just to get you on there. And it is a right. spoiler alert. Like, yes. We are going to be spoiling. Obviously, yes. If you have not seen. if you, Some people like to just get the, the fresh perspective. Like I remember I, I listened to Bishop Barron before I watched Noah. Yeah. I'm one of the few people people who actually like Noah yeah. because I loved his review. Yeah. And as I'm watching it, I'm just thinking about his review. It really helped me. So sometimes watching the review actually helps you watch these things. So people do that. Some people like to just watch and then get an experience. So wherever you are, this is going to talk through things. It's, I mean, I hope you have read the gospels before you've watched The Chosen. So the story is already spoiled for you. You kind of know what's happening. Now, how they dramatize that, how they bring that to life, how they sort of put a backstory to it and, and all the the emotion into it. Sure, that's uh, that can be spoiled for you, but yeah. you kind of know how the story is going to play itself out. No, so. I guess season two, I, I have a few frustrations. Okay. Um, just to start there. I'm sure there's some highlights too, but I'll just start mm-hmm. with why. We, ne- we never did a season two review because mm, you never watched it because I never was like, hey, watch this thing because right. I didn't like it very much. But one, I did not like how they portrayed Our Lady. Yes, that was a, that's was that been a constant sort of uh, disappointment of ours, yes. different from season so one. So that was uh, a, a very, uh, just enough to, but kind of like, there were some moments, there were some really beautiful moments. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus has just finished preaching. He's exhausted. And the disciples were arguing over these petty things. Or Jesus has been like preaching, like healing people for hours, like all day long. <laughs> and he shows up and he just like shows up exhausted. And then they're, they're like, you know, throwing their own little pity party. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Mary's there. And then they, they like Jesus walks in. They see him just like beat, like exhausted, like he's been working all day. And they're like, "Oh boy, like I can't believe we're throwing a pity party and arguing over little things." And then uh, Mary goes and just like helps him take off his shoes, like helps him like get into get into his tents. Yeah, like just goes and mothers him in that yeah. moment. Was like, it was really like these beautiful moments. But in general, just didn't like how she was being portrayed. Sure. And then number two, when we talked about this, I think with our first recap is the the they. 
it, their role between the apostles and the female followers, sure. number two, was really a bit blurred blurred for me. Sure, like yeah. It didn't really give me that distinction um, from which the, the priesthood flows. And then number number three point that was kind of like an F for it was it didn't really do what the first season did. Hmm. The first season was so magical because it really focused on these individuals. It focused on Peter. It focused on Mary Magdalene. It focused on these people and their Nicodemus. encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus, and how that encounter with Jesus affected them. Yeah. They moved into focusing on Jesus. And you know, I'm just there very much focused on the humanity of Jesus, right. which is fine. Not bad, but I thought they did get lost the magic of what they were really focused on, which okay, is really yeah. getting into some of these yeah. issues, and they were trying to, which is nice, I guess, for people who don't, you know, aren't Christian or kind of right. evangel evangelical tool. That's fine, but I was kind of like, ah. So I'll be honest, when we're going into season three. I'm like, oh boy, like I did not like season mm, two. Like I'm not okay. You had some skepticism. Oh, a lot. I was like, I was basically this is their like season one. I really, I didn't. Really this is this was their prove it season. Enjoy, and then like season two is like, no. So you got to prove it, or I'm yeah. kind of done with the chosen. Okay. But season three was the best season. Oh, that's interesting. And and what you say about what what your disappointments were for season two makes sense to me because that was that was the 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 beauty of season one for me too. And I think it is one of the things that they really do well. Um, and that's obviously part of sort of their uh, you know theological spiritual emphasis is like these encounter moments, you know, encountering Jesus, and so getting to know these characters, getting to know their struggles, getting to know um, their problems, and then all of a sudden inserting Jesus into that and having this profound experience of meeting Jesus um, was really cool to watch in season one. So that is the little disappointing here that wasn't as much in season two. And you know, they have these hilarious moments too. I just have to point to this. Okay, yeah. So one of the episodes is all about Simon the Zealot and his, they make it his brother, the man from John, who's the cripple by the well. Okay. And they have him, uh, he's by the well, uh, by the water. He can't get it, with the pulls of Bethesda. Yes. He can't get in. John five. John five. And his brother meets him and it's John and they just don't do John well, but it, yeah. it's okay. But anyway, they're like following Simon the Zealot. There's literally this like one episode where he does like 25 straight air kicks. Like <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like done these like jump spin kicks. <laughs> Like just like this guy can do the super sweet like kick move. It's and they're like, hey, can you do that like yeah, for five yeah, minutes straight? Yeah. So there's like one episode where he's like doing training to kill people. He's a zealot. Yes. He's like doing these flip. I'm like, oh lord, like, just, like what are we doing? I know what's happening right now. Yeah. That is. There funny. are some high, there are some really cool things. Jesus, is it, we're still in season two right now. In season two, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm kind of no. You, please, you, yeah. We brought it up, and I just I'm yeah, going yeah, off yeah. The we're in it. There's some moments where like this Jesus delivers this guy. Hmm. And John the Baptist sees him. It's like the first miracle he sees. He's like, yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. And John, John the Baptist is like, fine. Like I've been waiting. Yes. I've been in the desert. I've yeah. been preparing. I'm eating locusts and honey, mm -hmm. wearing a skin. And I've been waiting for this moment. And like the Messiah's here. Yes. He just kicked the devil out of this guy. Yes. And it's just these really beautiful moments. Like John the Baptist probably like when he either saw or heard these things would have been just so. Because all the other apostles are like, okay. I'm like, they're, they're a little bit on the confused. Yeah. Like they're always a a little bit behind the eight ball, which we see in the gospels too. Yes. Accurate. But John the Baptist just gets it. Mm -hmm. And just his excitement was really. So I'm curious what you think about John the Baptist, uh, because we obviously know from Luke's gospel that Mary and Elizabeth are relatives. And so there is sort of that question, did Jesus and John know each other growing up? Um, and so 
Does well, how does that how is that played out? How is that portrayed in season two between John and Jesus? Yeah, they they do have that relationship. Okay. They show their cousins. Okay, that they have certainly have doesn't not necessarily that they grew up together, but certainly have a relationship. Okay. They know who each other are. Family reunion. Fam- there's family. Yeah. There's family dynamics mm-hmm. there, which they they play for, for, fairly well. Okay. I was what part that was like okay that's in, that's enjoyable how they're doing that. That's cool. That's good to know. Okay, so. Let's just get into the meat and potatoes then. Season three. Yes. I think it's the best they've done so far. Okay. All in all, as as a season, I think we've hit, like, if they keep going in this direction, I think it could be really beautiful. So that's awesome. That's very encouraging for me to go watch this now. I guess I can just skip season two and just jump right into season three (laughs) now that I've got the highlights and the lowlights. Exactly. So... What about season three for you made it the best? Because I, I mean, there were parts of season one that I really loved. So, so what what makes it outshine the past? Okay, two I'll seasons? go. I'll go general things. Sure. Maybe we'll we'll nail down yeah, yeah, some yeah. some specifics. Uh, but I'll go just in the general kind of category. First, we have to just recognize this chosen is based on a true story. Like you know, how you go to those movies, yes. and it's like, oh, I see what you're saying, yes, based on a true story, yes. and, they, they, and then you find out the true story. And you're like, oh, okay, it's kind of based on yes. that, but not re- like it's I not a shot for shot portrayal of the gospel. This is not a a. This is what happens in the gospels, yeah. and I want to give that caveat at the beginning because we were having a lunch the other day, and someone was like, oh. Veronica, when she was healed, yes. when she touched Jesus' as him, and yeah. you haven't seen season three, you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes. Like they make Veronica yes. the woman who touches Jesus' yes. him. They're doing it Hollywood. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Based yeah. on your story. Is it possible? Yes. Do we have any biblical evidence of it? No. Nor do we do really we have, have any extra biblical traditions for that. Do we have any traditions for it? So. No. So they're just kind of making something up. Yeah. Which is nice. But this is not the gospel. Right. And so they're just basing things. The reality that a woman touched his, had a, had a woman, the flow of blood, touched it, was healed. Beautiful. The fact that it was Veronica. And, and then they have this whole backstory of Veronica, like how it happened, what yes. was going on. And they throw these backstories about each each of the right. uh, apostles and the people around, which are which are nice reflections to think about. But it really, we, uh, we have to say, and you said this, and I thought it was really insightful. It's just an individual's Ignatian reflections on the right, gospels. Right. Ignatian reflections are basically where you go to a, a scripture scene and you just kind of put yourself in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what was it like when Jesus healed the woman? Like, what, what would her story have been? Mm-hmm. What's her backstory? What yeah. led her to that place? What led her desperate? And you just kind of reflect and you just kind of put yourself in the story, which can be really, really beautiful prayer yes. and meditation. It doesn't mean it's fact. Right. So the, this, the Chosen Season 3 speaks a lot of truth which I think is really beautiful. It does not, it's not facts. I just want to throw it out there because again, right. when someone comes up to us, you know, a parishioner is like, oh, we, like Veronica touching Jesus' garment, him of his garment. That's really just so insightful into that scripture yeah. passage. I'm like, I have no. Yeah, idea. I was, I, I haven't seen it. So what I was a little, yeah. Talking? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just not to think that this is fact. Read the yes. gospel. No, that's, a good, that's a good point. This should inspire you to read your scriptures mm-hmm. and help you to do your own reflections upon the gospels. Yes. And don't let this hijack your reflections. Don't go into the gospels and this, this, this becomes yeah. your reflection. Yeah. You need, it's, it's to inspire you to do your own reflection. Mm-hmm. So just to put that out there. Um, so on these reflections that we're getting, I just want to, I just want to jump in on that point too. Um, I think it's, it's birds, like parent, like mother and mother birds will, will chew the food first and then feed it to their babies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think that's analogous to us as viewers experiencing the chosen, that this is, this is someone else digesting and processing the gospels and then feeding us what they have, what they have already been fed. Um, and there's, there's merit to that. There's, there's something good to that. Um, but it is, um, a more infantile way of experiencing the gospels that there comes a point where you need to go and chew on these stories yourself and consume them yourselves and sit with them and digest them and let, let those texts become primary for you. Um, and so that, uh, that's in no way disparaging, you know what I mean? Like I read saints and, and, and I'm inspired by them and, and that those are their reflections. I watch other things and it, like, so it is, it is a good and valid and important way of being fed, but it is not, um, the most mature way to be fed. So I would just say that about yeah. how we experience the, all of these things. And I brought, I bring that up as, as a very important point for my, my highlights. Okay. One is I, they, they set up the separation between the apostles and the other disciples, particularly the women. Okay. It, it very clearly. Okay. And when Jesus calls the 12, it is 12. When he sends them out two by two, it is the 12. Got it. The men go out and do the, performing of the miracles, the apostles go out and do that while the women are back actually raising money for the mission. So they actually go there. Oh, actually, interesting. Yeah. It's this whole thing. They're working with Zebedee to buy uh, olive fields, uh, to press olives, to make olive oil. They're sure they're going to sell and they're mm -hmm. use those proceeds to support the ministry. So Jesus tasked them to raise money for the ministry. Yeah. And then he sends the apostles out. So I did That's like the, the distinction yeah. that there's like, no, it's, there's not like an equal, like everyone's an apostle thing. Mm -hmm. We actually made that distinction, which wasn't clear in some of the previous episodes. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I that I mean, yeah, so, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna broad overview because that brings up a whole other thing. Okay, about sure. The, the women doing that, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just doing some broad strokes. We'll get back. Broad to Broad highlights. Broad highlights. Some broad highlights. I they they really ask themselves the question hmm. of why do some people get healed and some people don't. Such an important question. And there's individuals who have to struggle with this. So James, who is the son of Alphaeus, uh, the little little James, mm -hmm. he is, is James a the lesser. Yeah. James the lesser is a cripple in at least in this you know interpretation. Interpretation. Yeah. And James actually confronts Jesus about this. They're about to go out two by two, and he's like, "She's like, you're asking me to go pray for people for healing, and I'm a cripple." And, and he has to ask the, this question of of Jesus. And and I thought. Jesus's response there was so, 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 so beautiful. Mm. Um, do you want me to get into specifics or just, I mean, I'm just gonna get the general no, let's like, just, I mean, let's just stay here. Like I, yeah. I'm, I, I wanna know what Jesus said. Um, so Jesus tells him uh, basically like, there's certain people who I have to entrust with the gifts of suffering hmm. and like, and recognizing that I could be healed by the Lord, but there's a witness to suffering. And there's a witness to you actually going as a cripple to meet with cripples and, and to pray for them for healing. And, and those who do get healed, you know, will see the beauty of the Lord's healing. And those who don't get healed, it's like, well, I'm a cripple too. Like the Lord doesn't like, in mm -hmm. his providence, there's certain people who are called to suffer for the sake of the kingdom. We make up as lack, lacking for suffering. And I was, I was like, whoa, yeah. this is not a normal with the Protestant theology you're yep. gonna get. Where right. There's a theology of suffering. Yes. It wasn't a well-defined theology, but it was still like a, a pointing to, hey, there's certain people who it's like, well, I can heal you. And, I, and that's, I'm not, not healing you because I don't love you. 
I'm not healing you actually for a greater purpose, that your suffering actually has a purpose for my kingdom and, and as you as being a part of the body of Christ. And so that was really beautiful. And I highly enjoyed that aspect. No, I think that's an important place just to sort of drill into right now. I don't want to pass this up because it is, it's certainly a question that we all ask, why me at some point to God? You know, why me? Why is this happening to me? And and then we look around and see that it's not happening to other people. And you say, why me? And 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 I'm presuming, I don't know if it's a direct quote from from the show, but the to be entrusted with the gift of suffering um, and to really turn that experience on its head and and to recognize it as a gift um, is is not it's not easy you know that's not a it's not a it's not the gift that we always want to be given uh, but even in to, to recognize in that 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 somehow mysteriously in his providence that this is a gift um, and that this has been entrusted to me. And, and obviously as Catholics, we believe that suffering can be redemptive when united to our Lord's sufferings. Um, we just went through Good Friday, you know, and, and so, and so it is, it is a, uh, it is, it is the cross is one of the greatest gifts and our, our ability then to spiritually unite ourselves to that is, is is so beautiful. And I, I guess just maybe one final point is just that there's no part of our life or Jesus's life that he does not invite us into, um, that he invites us even into his cross, that we can suffer with him and unite it. And there is, there's merit, there's value, there's, there's blessings to be had in that. And this is actually a, a, the theme of all of season three is the okay. underlying theme because James asked that question, they go ahead and send out. And then you have this, underlying backstory, which basically Eden is pregnant, gets pregnant. This is Peter's wife. Peter's wife, Eden. but Peter doesn't know about it. Mm -hmm. He goes off to do the two by two. He's gone for like three or six months. While he's away, she has a miscarriage mm -hmm. and he comes back and has no idea. Well, he comes back and he's exhausted and everybody's trying to stay at their house. So they never get to have the, she like, she wants to like open up about, hey, like I'm really suffering right now because yes. I haven't really told anybody. And I want to talk to my husband about it, but they never really get alone time to really talk about it. So there, there's this struggle going on. And so that this is, it causes this marriage tension because Peter has no idea why she doesn't, she's mm. not, she's closed off. And there's a scene like where they're both like laying awake in bed, but like in opposite directions and like both have their eyes open and like they really want to talk to each other, but they they, they can't find the words. Mm -hmm. They don't know how. And Peter one time was like, well, he's like, I don't know what I did wrong, but I'm sorry. Because guys tells him to, and, he, and she's like, you don't know what you did wrong. That's the best you can do. <laughs> she's like, oh man, Peter, yeah. like striking out, striking out. Uh, and then finally she opens up. Well, she's struggling because all these people, and Peter's talking about all the people got healed. It's like, oh, I yes. prayed for this person healed, 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 right? And, and, and then Peter uh, finds out. She finally tells him, like episode six or so. And um, Peter goes like, he, he, get, he goes and gets drunk, and it might be five, and like starts throwing like- Oh, interesting. Everywhere. He goes, and he actually starts, I don't, I don't know, he like starts working with Gaius the Roman. Mm -hmm. Just like he needs to go do some of his hands. So he's like just working, like he's like, he and Eden like aren't talking anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Or maybe that was, I forget when, that might have been before. And there's, that might have been when there was tension, but he didn't know why. Sure. But he began struggling with Jesus and really struggling with the Lord. And, and there's beautiful, they actually go out to the Sermon on the Mount. And Peter's like, nope, everybody's hungry. And Peter's like, well, Jesus will feed people if he wants to. And and he's just like, and then everyone else was like, well, how are we going to get food? And they're all like, they're being the apostles. Like, what are we going to do? And, and finally, Peter's like, Jesus, if Jesus wants to take care of it, he will. <laughs> like, just this, like, like this faith. Like, he's got this this faith that Jesus, and then what happens? Like, Jesus takes care of it. Yeah. And, um, and then there's they use the Jesus walking on water mm. as the scene for Peter and Jesus to, like to go through like the confrontation moment. Yeah, when Peter steps out of the boat, and uh, and and Jesus is like, "If you have the faith, come." And he's all like, "Faith isn't the problem." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you know they finally Peter walks, but then he looks at the storm and he starts sinking. Yeah, and he Jesus says, "Why did you doubt?" That, that your faith was the problem. Yes, but it was it was trust. Yeah. And, and you can have faith without trust. That Jesus is saying, you don't just have faith in me. Okay, you believe that I can mm-hmm. do these great things. You believe me, but do you trust me? Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the teachings of the church, et cetera. But do you trust yes. Jesus? And, and that's what Jesus confronts Peter with. Like, do you trust me or not? Like, you're going through this great suffering. Your wife's having a miscarriage. Like, you're, there's tension at home. You're struggling. You're suffering. Do you trust me? And so Jesus is asking Peter this question. And obviously, he begins to sink. And, uh, you know, and, and Jesus has to pick him up and hold him, bring him back into the boat and calm the storm. And Peter's like, don't let me go. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. And, and there's this um, interesting aspect where, where it's, it's confronting not just the faith of Peter, because Peter has the faith, but he doesn't trust Jesus. And it's forcing Peter to begin to trust Jesus, which I thought was a really beautiful way to deal with this underlying current of the suffering he's going through yeah. and asking him the question, do you trust me? That's, that's really, really beautiful. That's really, really powerful. There is, I think... You know, we we have a tendency to kind of like separate the head and the heart, and and you can and you can answer all of the questions right. You know what I mean? I you can recite the creed, I believe in one God. You know, and and you can have faith in those things and, and believe in it. But then what you're kind of talking about is that trust in 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 the God of the person of Jesus Christ uh, to. To actually take care of you when he hasn't, you know, your wife just had a miscarriage and now he's asking you to get out of the boat, you know, and, and, it, and I, you, you might know this better than I do, but the, the Greek word for faith, um, pistis, I think, mm-hmm. um, really does kind of wed those two together, faith and trust. So that, that this word that we might see faith in the Bible really does mean trust as well, that it's not just this intellectual doctrinal ascent of just the mind that there is this surrendering of the heart as well um so we're we're coming close to the half hour mark okay um, so, so we said there's gonna be two parts so, so i want to save the rest of your reflections for our next episode okay uh so for our our, our little fun question oh boy for the day uh you mentioned the I think it was Simon the Zealot kind of you know thing is <laughs> eight thousand uh, ninja kicks. Yes, is there a uh, at least in well no I, I won't I won't say the uh, in the chosen's portrayal of of the apostles, but in your own reflection and prayer and devotion to the saints, is there an apostle that you find yourself identifying the most with? A Peter. 
Peter. Yeah. I want to be John. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's so the, true. It's the desire of yes, my heart to be yes, John. Yes. To go be laying on the on the breast of Jesus and to outrun Peter and get there first, but wait for Peter to get there. You know, just submit to Peter. Just have our lady take her into your home. Yeah. Like there's all these aspects which I strive to be John. Mm-hmm. And I'm all on that journey, hopefully. Yes. But I just really I mean, he he's just let me get out of the boat. Jesus, call me out of the boat. I'm getting That's out. Right. And then That's I look right. at the storm. And I'm walking on water. <laughs> so then I look true, at the storm. Yeah. And then John's like, hey, Jesus is over there after the resurrection. And Peter's like, you know, jumps out and starts swimming. Yeah. It doesn't even wait for the boat to get there. The other 10 are like, hey, we can just row there, you know? Yeah, it's going to yeah. take us 30 seconds. Yeah. And then he's like, go get the the net. And Peter drags, okay, do you want the net? I'll get you the net, mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, I, I will not deny. I'll never deny you. Yes. And then I deny you three times before the before the cock crows. How about it? So I most relate to Peter. I mean, mm-hmm. there's these aspects in which a lot of the apostles you don't hear a lot about. Right. So it, it's right. hard to get. And other than you know, Peter, John, and Judas, you're not getting a lot. Yeah, we get some of Thomas. A little bit of James, a little bit know, of Matthew, a little um, bit of Thomas. But who who does Jesus see under the fig tree? Is that Bartholomew or Nathaniel, Nathaniel? You know what I mean? Um, a couple of things with Philip. So there's there's aspects, yes. but now Peter's yes. the. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Peter is definitely the one we get uh, the 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 most detailed portrait of, and so that makes the most sense. And that's also my answer as well. It's why it's why I'm named Peter Teresa because <laughs> <laughs> because I identify with with this man of God uh, that, in the same ways that you do. So. All right. Well, this is just the the primer. We hope we have whetted your palate uh, to hear Father's continued reflections on The Chosen Season 3. So please join us next week for part two of Father Anthony's review. Good things to come. Highlights and lowlights. That's right. From The Chosen Season 3. Come on back. All right, Father, would you close us in a prayer? Well, we thank you for the gifts of your church and the gifts of the apostles and their successors, the bishops. We thank you for for Peter and the gift of the Pope. We ask that we can have a a greater devotion to your church, that we can greater submit to um, this great gift that you've given to us, that we can come to understand in a deeper way you, who you are, your most sacred heart, and the gift you've given us through your apostles and through your church. And may Almighty God bless each and every one of us, as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.